Good morning. Good morning. Amen. The scripture reading for today comes from the book of Acts, first chapter, verses 1 through 5, and it reads, In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For God, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The word of God for the people of God. Most gracious God, Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace, for your mercy, and for all that you are. Lord, in this moment, we say yes to your will. We say yes to your way. Lord, we say yes. When your spirit speaks, we will obey. God, we say yes. To all that you are in our lives, we say yes to the call that you've placed before us. We say yes to your very will, in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> yes. So now we find ourselves in the book of Acts. Prior to this composition, the apostles have seen and experienced many things. Each of their life occurrences, much like our life occurrences, demanded a choice be made. They, the disciples, the apostles, have chosen to say yes to the choices they have been presented with. They said, yes, I will abandon all that I know and follow you, Jesus. Yes, I will serve with my whole heart, with all of my mind, and with all that I am. Yes, I will fulfill the mandates handed me by Jesus, the Son of the living God. Yes, became a statement of faith for them. As the songwriter says, I'll say yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your way, I'll say yes, Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey when your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. But then they crucified Jesus. They hung him on the cross. He, he gave up the ghost. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. And now all of a sudden he is no longer walking with them. And he is no longer talking with them. And they have to figure out where do we go from here? This question could have suppressed their yes. The noise of this question could have produced great doubt. It could have produced great fear. It could have produced great sorrow among them. It could have caused great division and great strife. No doubt the enemy would have loved it if it would have made their yeses noes and stomped out their very faith. But the power of their yes, that yes that led them off those fishing boats into the mission field, that, that yes that caused them to gather a boy's lunch and watch it feed 5,000, that yes that developed into an expectancy of the miraculous would not let them go. That yes 
kept them. Their faith in the all-powerful God kept them. The community of faith, their support system, it, it kept them. That knowing deep within, based on their experience and their relationship with the Christ and the knowledge of who God is, kept them. Their yes just would not let them go. However, the question still was, where do we go from here? You see, faith or their yes kept them, but it did not empower them to work. It gave them the knowledge needed, but not necessarily the plan required. That is how we arrive at today's scripture. Acts being a book of Christian beginnings, the book that makes the success of, that marks the success of the Gentile mission as now all people of all nations are uniting under the cross, the book that proves that the working of God's spirit did not lose its power with the departure of Jesus from this earth, the book that further indicates that through the power of the Holy Spirit, God's spirit in human form continues through the apostles and yes, even through us today. All of this begins with the scripture that we just read. And it reads, the first account I composed, Theophilus, all about that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven. After he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen to these, he also presented himself alive and after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the father had promised, which he said, you heard of you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You see, I love the way that Luke, the belief author of this particular passage, goes back to the beginning at the beginning. Before he talks about anything else, he points back to the gospel. He, he talks about all that Jesus had taught them. He talked about the parables in, in which they learned from. He talked about the miraculous that they saw done and the, the empowering that he did. They, he talked about Jesus as the ultimate example. He solidified him as the most holy example. He then reminds them even of the resurrecting power of God and the command and commissioning of service he gave to his disciples. For many, just talking about that, 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 that span of time, just talking about the miraculous that Jesus did while he walked on this earth, just talking about the Jesus that the disciples saw caused a spark in them. It caused some excitement. Quite frankly, it's causing some excitement in me. And, and, and they began to, to really look at all that God was trying to do on the earth, and it gave a spark unlike anything else. But Jesus, being an all-knowing God, knew that some needed an additional spark to their yes. Therefore, he came to his beloved apostles, to his beloved disciples, and presented himself alive even yet after his sufferings. He shared meals with them. He, he spoke to them concerning the kingdom and left them with a new command or choice to make. He said, do not leave the city without power. The scripture says, do not leave without what I have promised you. 
It talks about being engulfed or baptized in the spirit like they had been engulfed or baptized in water. What they were called to wait on was the blueprint and power necessary to move forward. In this, their faith opened them up to the power of the Holy Spirit and the spirit was about to fuel their faith. Now, the interesting thing about the disciples as they waited is they didn't wait like I would wait. Like, if you tell me to wait, I'm probably going to be found in a very comfortable chair, reading a book or possibly flipping some channels. If you tell me to wait, I, I, I might be on my phone flipping through Facebook or, or, or just kind of relaxing and doing what you've asked me to do, and that is to wait. However, the disciples in their waiting were found worshiping in the temple and praying in the upper room. Now that I think about it, I probably shouldn't have told you that's what I would have done, huh? They worshiped and they prayed. They're waiting, but they worshiped and they prayed. In their waiting, they worshiped and they prayed. And what I, I'm trying to figure out is in the waiting, why did they feel the need to worship and pray? In the waiting, all they did was worship and pray. And I come to find out that they knew something that maybe some of us overlook. They, they, they understood that when the weight was over, they would have a new weight to carry. Let me say that again. When the weight, W-A-I-T, hopefully I don't misspell anything, was over, there would be a new weight to carry. So in their weight, they, they, uh, they provided the things necessary. They utilized the tools that they had to prepare themselves for the weight that was to come. You see, the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit that leads and guides us to all truth is what they were waiting on. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that intercedes for us when we know not how to pray. That's what they were waiting on. They, they were waiting on the Holy Spirit to empower them and plug them into the source of all power. But to wait for it is still a choice. Now, we know that, that once they receive the Holy Spirit, there is a lot of great things that happen. We, we know that they walked throughout uh, the book of Acts and established the church. And quite frankly, we're here on some of the things that they've done. So I am grateful that they said yes. I'm grateful that they waited. I'm grateful that they accepted the weight and the weight. I'm grateful that they became the example that we needed. But now, people of God, it's our turn. Will you say yes? Will you say yes to his will, forsaking your will? Will you say yes to his way, abandoning your way? Will you trust where he leads? And when he says wait, will you wait in prayer and supplication, preparing for your next commission, for your next call, and for your next assignment? Will you allow the most Holy Spirit of God to engulf and permeate your life, causing change in your household, in your community, and yes, even in this world? Will you say yes? You see, much like the disciples, we have seen the miraculous in our lives and in the lives of others. We have received the teaching and we have had the lessons. We have experienced his grace, his mercy, and his love. Our faith at this point should be sure. But many may be waiting for their push out. So today, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed,
we're going to walk this out a little bit. You see, the disciples in the beginning had a decision to make. They had to decide to give up all of what they knew themselves to be to follow Jesus. And when asked, they declared yes. When it was time to serve, they, they had the ability to walk away, but their spirit cried out, yes. As they walked with him, they learned of who he was. They, they got to see the miraculous. They were a part of the service. They, they did all that Jesus called for them to do. Their, their answer to the call was yes. And when Jesus said, wait, because I've promised you something, and it is my intention to give you exactly what I promised, when he said, wait, because God promised something to Father Abraham years ago, and it's still yours, when he said, wait, their, their answer was, yes, I will do all that you call me to do. So they stood in a place, resolute on the call of God, and waited for the power of the Holy Spirit to engulf them and give them the blueprint for the next steps in ministry. I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for this reason. I believe that, that many of us have already made the decision to follow Christ. I, I believe that that answer is yes. I believe that many of us have, have started our, our path of service and our journey of our commission call in Christ. And we have screamed yes to that call as well. But God is calling for us to walk in places that we have not walked before. To do things that we may not have done before. To reach community members that we have not yet seen. And that also demands a yes. It takes us out of our comfort zones. It takes us out of our familiar places. It, it takes us outside of those, those places and those people that we may see every day, but it still demands a yes. But without the Holy Spirit, we can't do it. Without the Holy Spirit guiding us, we will go amiss. Without the Holy Spirit and the power that informs and pushes our faith, we're lacking something very important. So I'd like for you to remind yourselves and look back over your lives and all the things that God has done for you. Look back on the mentors, the pastors, the deacons, the friends that have pushed and propelled you into your life with Christ. Be reminded of the power and the benefit of your relationship with a God that loves you and that is merciful and that is gracious and that looks out for you at all costs. And I pray that the Holy Spirit in that moment also showed you someone that needs that example from you. Who is God calling you to love now? Who is God calling you to serve? Who is God calling you to mentor and to push? Who is God calling you to be an example that will make all the difference in the world? You see, just as the disciples were empowered by the Holy Spirit to go do work, that same power is here for us today. But we have to say yes. It's a choice. It's a decision. It's a call. It's a mandate. And it is ours. But we must say yes. 
Open your eyes. Take a look around. There are people in this room that love you, right? This is where you talk to me, right? There are people in here that you love, right? See, I love that answer right there. There are people in here that are struggling with things that you don't even know about that you can pray for and that you can encourage and that you can propel into their very destiny just by being the example that God called you to be. But it takes a yes in your spirit to get there. There are individuals that are connected to the people sitting next to you that you will never talk to and that you will never see, but need the example that you are giving to that person. You might want to make sure that you're making the right kind of disciple when y'all are hanging out outside of the church. The song says, I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. The, the, the trust is what's really the issue here. We have all the faith in the world for a God that can come in and solve all of our issues and protect us from all of those dangers, but we need the same faith and that God, when it's time to walk out the calling on our lives and affect change in our societies, to speak against all injustice, to speak against those, those things that affect and plague the community, to go and give hugs to individuals that need love, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to be the hands and the feet of Christ. The Holy Spirit is talking to us today. And I believe that, it is, that the Spirit is engulfing us in such a way that we cannot ignore the call that is being placed on the table right now. We sit in the village, amen? We're in the village, right? Oh, talk to me. We're in the village, right? Does everyone here live in the village? Does everyone here work in the village? Does everyone here uh, have friends in the village? See, y'all thought I was going to trip you up. So what does that say? We come here so that God can give us something very specific to take outside of here. And it doesn't always rest in the village, but it's about building a village, which we call the kingdom. Amen. So this is where I need you all to make some real statements. You with me? If y'all leave me by myself, I'm just going to keep asking the same question. When God calls on you to be that example tomorrow to an individual that has wronged you, what is your answer? When love needs to be shown, will you raise your hand and say, Lord, send me? This is very weak. I need y'all to believe it. In the midst of your trouble and in the midst of your problems and in the midst of the environment that seems to be engulfing you, if God calls you out and asks you to go and speak to an individual and share the gospel with them, what will your answer be? Yeah. Ah, when the community needs somebody to make a difference, will you be the one that makes the difference? Yeah. When there are those that are hungry, those that need clothing, those that need the gospel at all costs, will you go? Will you join hands with me and let's all do it together? See, this is where y'all left me by myself. <laughs> because the reality of it is, I will never see everybody, nor can I do everything, but together, 
We are a mighty weapon against the enemy of, of darkness. Amen? Amen. So will you join with me as we all do this together? Do you believe that we can make a difference? Yes. Do you really believe that? Yes. Do, you, do you really, really believe that? Yes. Then this is the proof. Tomorrow, when you get to your jobs, your schools, your, your, the, the church, wherever you go, prove it. When you go to the surgery, don't be afraid to stand in the midst of the room and pray a mighty prayer and believe God for a good report. Don't, don't be afraid to talk to the doctors and to the nurses and speak into their lives in a mighty way that they see God in you so much that even as they are working, they are depending on the angels of God to conduct the surgery for them. And afterwards, they have questions. Don't be afraid to go to your desk and, 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 and clear it off and do your work. And while you're working, worship and praise God with a song. I'm not saying sing to the top of your lungs and have people kick you out, but it's okay to build the atmosphere that is around you because somebody else needs it. Don't be afraid to be all that God called you to be, because if he called you to be that, it is necessary, it is needed. You have purpose, you have value, and you matter. Amen? Most gracious God, Lord, we thank you for this time of togetherness. We thank you for this lesson. We thank you for all that you have opened up in our hearts. God, we thank you that you are with us every step of the way, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. God, and as we walk this thing out, as you have called us to walk it, our answer will be yes to your will, God. It will be yes to your way, God. It will be yes to your call. It will be yes. Lord, permeate our lives and our spirits with the Holy Spirit. Lord, give us the direction of where we shall go, how we shall speak, and who you've designed us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.